Hello, everyone. This is Boss Rush After Dark, the alternative podcast show for Boss Rush Network. I am LaRon Dawkins, and we've got the crew tonight. Get ready for it. <laughs> First up, Stephanie Klimov, our wonderful lady boss of the Boss Rush writing team, is here with us as usual tonight. Hey, what's up, girl? What's up? Doing great. Thanks. Uh, are you as tired as I am? Yeah, I'm fighting it. And I already had one monster energy drink, and I, I don't think I can uh, take another one. It's going to burn holes in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this guy can also agree with you on the monster energy drinks as well, because Corey Dierig, of course, is back with us. I'm here, and yes, I... <laughs> so, long story short, I just opened a second one, because while you guys get to go to bed, I got to go edit the stuff for Patreon after <laughs> Hey, hey, we hey, we appreciate you, man. We yeah. appreciate you. Uh, don't worry, I'll be you, thinking about you while I'm editing, and you guys can dream about me. It's fine. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work, bro. <laughs> Keep at it. <laughs> and joining us tonight is someone whom you might recognize from the EXP cast. The one, the only, Stoy is in the house with us tonight. What's up, man? While you guys are drinking monster energy drinks, I am a man of refined taste. And I am drinking a nice tall boy of hams. America's classic premium beer born in the land of sky blue waters. Never heard of it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> you guys are all peasants. Peasants. I thought we were nerds. Or we just you live on nerds oh, and just, peasants. Or we just nerds live on the peasants. on the East Coast with our own brands of microbrews and all I honestly stuff. I honestly don't think they sell this anywhere but Wisconsin. <laughs> Because this is uh, this is not good beer. This is not good beer. <laughs> but um, it's like an easy. This is like a lawnmower easy drinking beer. Like this is the equivalent of a Pabst. So, uh, you know, I don't think Pabst tastes good. This mm. is slightly better. So it's like an easy drinking beer, and it's what was in my Xbox fridge, which is like within arm's reach here. So, yeah, the first thing I did when I put when I bought my Xbox fridge, I opened up the fridge, I put a hams in it, and classed it up a bit. Well, awesome, man. You're a man. You're a man of refined taste. <laughs> Absolutely. Proud of that. All right. All right. So I got, I, I got to ask you guys a question because uh, we've been doing this boss rush after dark thing for a little while now. How how uh, how, how do we feel when we get to this part of the of, of the of the day slash evening slash night, depending on when people listen to it or when or when people try to check us out? So. <laughs> Spoilers, this this is uh, our fourth episode, and not a single episode has gone live yet. <laughs> so, uh, it, the, the first the first episode for patrons goes live this weekend as of this recording. So, uh, I mean, I I hope it's going well. I think I think sometimes I feel like we have more fun on this show than we do on the Boss Rush podcast. And by sometimes I mean every night we've recorded it. I think we do, but I think it. I think. It's because, like, there's no restrictions to this show. You know, I mean, there's yeah. no, like, we don't have to talk about games. We don't have to talk about movies. We can talk, we can talk about whatever we want, right? I mean, whatever the literally hell we whatever we want. That's what the show is. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, upbeat and happy. Sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes it's, you know, not, not any of those things. But I think that that's, I feel like, I think that that freedom allows us to do a lot more and i think that makes us excited even though we record it you know kind of behind the scenes we record it right after the boss rush podcast every week yeah. and 
even though it's like 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night sometimes when we start recording, it's like there's a lot of energy because there's a lot of freedom, and I think that makes us excited. Yeah, we're not restricted. And also, I, I, feel like, I feel like as 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 content creators for the greater part of the Boss Rush Network, I think this is our a part of our therapy uh, as – you know, for for us as a group, you know, because like we get to we get to hang out, we get to we get to not be strictly like video games or strictly movies or strictly entertainment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We just we just get to be ourselves and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Stoy, this is your first time with us tonight. Uh, how you feeling? <laughs> Man, I'm feeling good. I don't know what to expect with this because uh, this is like you like you guys said. It's like the whole let your hair down kind of thing. It just sit chill hang out i mean i'm sitting back drinking a hams with my hands up on my head just let like, it all and i mean I'm i feeling could, it feeling the vibe i could take yeah. my hat off on this show nobody would ever ever you know <laughs> care hey man well, uh, just gotta let go sometimes man I know. well 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 story your boy your boy pat fit in real mighty nicely oh god here in la- pat, yeah last- he had some uh he had some things to say about it he's <laughs> like He's like, he's like, I know a lot of things about Corey that I never thought I'd ever know. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, all right. This he asked the question. He did. Uh, he did. He did. He did. If he didn't want to he know, he should have asked. Yeah. Yo, whoa, whoa. He got he his got, answers. He, got, he think, got answers and then some. <laughs> I think he. I think the then some is what kind of he came out with. He was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a scene. And Herod and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay, where the the agent guy wipes his ass and sticks the paper on the table, and there's shit all over it, right? And they said, "Don't." They ask him, "Don't you wipe?" And he says, "Don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to." Okay, so that's my response to Pat: is don't ask <laughs> questions you don't want yeah. the answer to. Okay, <clears throat> that's that's great yeah. visual. Yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah, that's not, not maybe not the uh, maybe not the metaphor I would use, but no, it's whatever the word is. It's but. what I went with. Okay, so that's what we're going with. Yeah, unedited, fine. not editing it out, whatsoever. That's why it's called After Dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we don't, we we don't, we don't get down like that here After Dark. We, we talk, get down. I wipe. We get down other things. Talk about butts and poop and I wipe my ass and stuff like yeah, perky little things. Jesus, perky little thing. Uh, because I looked it up on the internet, one. yeah. Because I looked it up for the podcast, it's now constantly in these advertisements. Mm-hmm. Constantly, Yikes. you shouldn't have uh, looked yep. it up. Look, when you look, I, I thought I taught y'all better than this. Incognito mode for straight. <laughs> Incognito mode. No, 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 no cookies, no history. <laughs> it won't even. It won't even save your passwords. No. Yeah, you, you think I would have used it because I I do use incognito mode for other things. So. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get started here, let me just go ahead and remind everybody that this is Boss Rush After Dark, the new show from the Boss Rush Network, where each and every week we get together with our friends to discuss and debate topics aimed more towards our adult audience ranging from dating uh to life tragedies to travel and relationships and 
some other things, you know. Like I said, we 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 keep it lively here. You might be surprised what comes out of our mouths sometimes. <laughs> you can get this show early on Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com slash boss rush network every Saturday or on YouTube, podcast services, or our website two weeks later for free. Uh, leave us a five-star rating of I'm sorry, leave us a five-star re- a review on iTunes and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And remember, you can find all of our content on bossrush.net. All right, everybody. We call this our favorite night of the week, so let's show let's show the audience why it's our favorite night of the week. What are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> God, I have Anything an interesting. Uh, I, I have an interesting uh, thing you want to talk about. Okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe you let's do. Hear it. Let's do so, it. Let's hear it. You're the, okay. you're the guest. You're the now, guest. Go. You bring it up. We're now, talking I work, about it. I work in an operating room, right? Mm-hmm. And as some of you may well know, we're in the midst of a pandemic. So that's taken a toll on hospitals. And especially in the operating room, a lot of elective procedures have been canceled because, you know, to save on hospital staff, bed space, stuff like that, whatever. So we have a case that rolled through this week. Uh, It is an IPP uh, procedure. You know what IPP stands for? Something to do with the penis. Inflatable penile prosthesis. Ah, we are in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, you were almost you almost won. You so you got twenty five percent. So, or more like thirty five or whatever the math is. Anyway, so anyway. in the midst of a pandemic, an old dude can't get it up anymore. So he says this won't do. So I need something to help me, and Viagra's not working, or Cialis, or any of those other things. So. If you want, I could go through the process of how to implant a penile prosthesis because it's literally, I, I, I've done a lot of surgeries. I've been a part of a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. That is still the one thing I'm not a fan of. Oh. Seeing. I am not, no. I, I, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be assigned to it. What? Is I, it, what is it? This has to do with all the soft tissue down there in, 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 in the penis? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like cutting shit up and shoving uh. things in and jamming things in. Okay, just... first, first of all, isn't it kind of weird because it seems like surgery is just rough in general. Like, I've, uh, no, or is it's... it, or is that, or is that the Hollywood effect? That's the Hollywood effect. Okay, uh, okay. orthopedics can be a little rough because it requires a lot of hammers and a lot of uh, screws and drills and stuff like that. Whatever. Like, mm-hmm. we actually have this big uh, pneumatic power hammer that we Mm. use that's like this fucking big and it's like a pneumatic like hammer that if we're trying to hammer something yeah we use them in hip procedures because when you're trying to install a stem into someone's femur like this big and you're sitting there hammering it like that like your arms could get tired after a while yeah so anyway um the 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 installation of a penile prosthesis isn't that invasive but it requires a lot of hooks and cutting so basically it's like we're, we're talking two plastic or silicone rods that go up the side of your, of the, the, the penis. Okay? I am. My, my skin is already crawling. Yeah. I yeah. hate so this already. We're, 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 to- <laughs> we're talking like, okay. All right. So we start out, we get this drape with like a hole in it. And then we pull the, we pull the penis out of the hole and the, and the scrotum. Right. <laughs> okay. And that gets exposed, whatever. So we take the, we take the penis part, right. And we flip it. Kind of so it's facing upwards, whatever the back side of it is facing upwards to the ceiling. 
Right at the base of the penis on the bottom, we make an incision on each side, the left side and the right side. And then we start to kind of shove these large dilators into the sides because we need to make room for the silicone rods that we'll be putting in there. Uh, so we're talking like shoving these rods up there mm -hmm. and stopping when we get to the end. Now, there, just side ahead. note, side interrupt. I'm, I'm just giggling a lot because for those listening, I don't know if it's going to be audio only, but Stoy is just making a lot of gestures. Sorry. Okay, There's definitely going. video this to this. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to be as animated as possible. So, <laughs> so basically like when you flop the penis over, we have to keep the penis where it's at, right? Like, cause otherwise it moves. So what we do is when we make those incisions, we install these little fish hooks oh. to retract, oh to retract the incision. Oh. No, oh. there is, there is a hook. There is a hook called the one doctor I work with. He calls it the eviscerator. He makes one of his residents do it and he turns away. And when he turns away, I turn away because basically what that goes, that goes in the little pee pee hole <gasps> that hooks down in there and then pulls back. And yeah, you clip it to the drape so that now everything nothing moves. Everything Wait, clip it to the drape? <laughs> yeah. So like we basically have this like ring. I hate this That's so much. Everything hurts. On the drape. Yeah. <laughs> the, so, okay. The phantom right. pain in my It's just... God. This, is, this is why I don't like this. And oh I have God. an interesting story. I have an interesting story about this particular thing when I'm done. So, um, after yes. we... After we take those... We take these long dilators. They're about like this big, whatever. And they got a little curve to it so that when you're shoving them, you don't hit the balls as you're doing it. So you're just kind of, you know, you have clearance. So the balls are here and you're, you know, your hands go in here. It's actually a clever design. Um, so you shove it to the point where all of a sudden you're thinking, it's like, okay, it's about a size seven. So let's open up the size seven things and you basically shove them in there. Right. And then they have a little cone at the tip of it because obviously the tip of your penis should be somewhat, you know, stiff. So you have to install kind of like a plastic cone at the end of it to give it that rigidity. So the, you know, that anyway, um, <laughs> so these things, these silicone tubes get filled with saline and you have to have a bag of saline, about 60 cc's worth of saline sitting in your sitting, like kind of right above your right above the right above your hip about, I think that's where it about sits. But that's that's the last part of the procedure. So, um, in order in order for the pump to work, to pump the saline to and from, you have to install a little little fluid pump, and that fluid pump goes right in your scrotum. So we're talking making an excision, moving the ball to the side, and then sticking this pump that's about this big, mm. about this big, kind of right in there, kind of tussle it in there, pack everything back together. And then you have to test it to make sure that it still works. So in order for you, you're a 65-year-old man, Stephanie, and uh, you decide, you know what? Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. You kind of grab your balls and you start pumping. Like like the Reebok pumps back in the day? <laughs> no way. And then it pops no up way. Like that. Pops mm. up like that. And you got oh a little release valve. We got a little release valve. That's the genius part of it. When you're done, you hit the release valve, all the saline goes back into the bag, and shh, good to go. Question. Yes. 
because uh because this is stuff inside the human body and everything right mm-hmm. so i'm i'm thinking that at every so often that saline needs to get flushed and and resupplied like is that a procedure that happens or is this permanent no the saline actually can sit in your body for a while um that that, that i mean that brings me up to another point later on but so you'll have like a bag about like this big whatever just sitting in your hip and the saline kind of goes back and forth now, if it was water, it'd be a different story. That's why they use saline because it's hypoallergenic and it's actually can stay in the body for a while. Okay. Um, however, a lot of people have problems with um, with infection with this because coincidentally, See, I don't coincidentally, to, a lot. I'm sorry, I don't need to use my dick anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> infections aren't. Listen, no. listen. Listen, when you see this procedure being done, I never want this anymore. I'm just going to live with my life like, well, all right, I, I guess I'm it. That's it. I'm done. There, um, there, are other, there, are other, there are other organs in my body I can use for sex. <laughs> right, yeah. Or you can install, get, get one of those little plastic strap-on things. Like, oh, good. Well, I got to say, it, it must be a dire situation to resort to that kind of surgery because the Viagra um, stuff, like, that's pretty effective for like the majority of patients and also viagra is dangerous because because now i am on freaking because now i am on freaking like blood pressure medication i can't use viagra if i need it yeah (laughs) not not saying i need it not saying i need it by the way but (laughs) it's already it's already on record it's already on record you said it (laughs) you said it so yeah um at and so yeah so basically when you're ready to go like i said that to kind of conclude that you squeeze your balls to get it to pump up and then you hit the release valve to just bring it back whatever so um the best part about this how do you get the rods to really snugly fit at the tip well you take a long it's called a keith needle about this big you know like a sewing needle oh Uh, now you tie a string to the end of the um you tie a string to the end of the cone part right and you shove it all the way up through that and then you pull that needle right through the tip of your penis, right through the tip. <sighs> and then that way it fits all the way in there. That's the best way to do it. Oh, I hate this uh, so no much. One know- yeah. And you do it for both sides. And it's like, yeah. we're still you know, doing this. We're still doing this. <laughs> you know the sad part about, you know the sad part about this, though? So, I guarantee you there are people out here who like for that surgery because they're, in, they're into that body mutilation kink. Well, I mean, they, you, listen, you can't be awake during this procedure. There's some surgeries you could be awake for. Uh, I don't recommend that for this one. No amount yeah, it, of epidural strength can, I think, prepare you for that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you, but basically what I'm saying is, like, they're, like, I guarantee you, like, the amount of pain you wake up in, that probably gets some people off. Doctors have to remind people to wait two weeks. Don't, two go, weeks? Start bon- don't go start wait. boning people right away. Two weeks is what? all the recovery time is needed. Two to three weeks, I've heard. I'm sitting here thinking like I'm 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 down for the count for at least six weeks. <laughs> I mean, I, I I suppose that with everybody it depends, but it depends on your healing. So like, say for example, a lot of people can't get erections not because you know just blood pressure or, or like you know poor vascularization, whatever. A lot of these people are drug users, uh-huh. intravenous drug users. So. This is where infection comes into play because they don't stop using drugs. Right. Yeah. So a lot of these things come back infected. Yeah. They look they look even worse. And they uh, want they want another one. They're like, I want another one. So you have to do 
uh, you know, these doctors, well, knowing very well that these are intravenous drug users and they haven't indicated they want to stop, but they indicate I still want another one and I'm still willing to pay for it because no insurance company is going to pay for an inflatable penile prosthesis implant. They're not. So a lot of these people that's, are paying for this out funny. of pocket. That's funny because isn't isn't everything else that that's designed for the male sex drive, isn't that basically like covered by insurance? Disectomies are? Disectomy reversals aren't. Oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's especially, hilarious. Especially when you go to the doctor and you're like 48 years old and like, I got this girlfriend. She's like 22 and she wants hey, another baby. It's, it's I've already it's got four already here with my two ex-wives. So it's the love of my life. It's the love of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, no, I and, guess it makes sense. I'd be like, you made your decision already. Uh-uh. Yeah, and doctors have to comply to it, and it's not guaranteed. It's really not guaranteed. I think even vasectomies in general aren't aren't fully guaranteed. I think it's like one in eight fail. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's not even guaranteed. I. That's good to know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, with with Viagra yeah. stuff, the industry standard for health insurance is usually four per month. So I I don't know how that started. Like, who says, all right, well. Once sex once a week is reasonable. Well, how long does Viagra work for? Two, three days. One of my coworkers told me Cialis works for three days. I didn't want. I didn't. Wait, 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 wait. So one dose of Cialis will will last you for three days. Yeah, I I didn't even know that, but I would say that's a stretch. But hey, hey, if it works, I'm not gonna. Well, this is remind. This is reminds me of a. This is reminds me of a joke. Uh, where. You know the you know the one where it's like where it's like if you have an erection that lasts longer than four hours, <laughs> like you need to you need to go yeah like you need to go consult a doctor. That's a medical <laughs> so, emergency. Yeah, yeah, that really is. <laughs> yeah, because that blood is pooling; it ain't going anywhere, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I like to joke around and be like, if I have a, a erection that's lasting longer than four hours, like my partner's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. You're just like get swiggity swooty. I'm coming for that booty, you know. And exactly. Like, and that's a problem. You're chasing him all over the house. He's like, yeah, wait for me. <laughs> Be like, we gotta get down somehow. Come on, right. come on. Get We're not done yet. <laughs> so, so fun, funny enough, like I don't know if you got that. There's this traveling uh, VHS roadshow by us called the uh, Found Footage Film Fest. Uh. Uh-huh. Gross. I was gonna okay. Workplace accident shows. Wait, wait, wait. Um, back back that up a and, second. You you froze. Back that up just oh, a second. Oh, I froze? Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So like there's this uh it's called the found footage film festival that pop through that pops through my town every now and then. And they find these old VHS tapes with like it's like the old cringy like workplace accident tapes or like uh-huh. old like workout tapes or whatever. So they found I was there with a couple of buddies of mine. This was years ago. They found a instructional videotape on how to use a inflatable penile prosthesis implant, whatever. And everyone in the crowd is going nuts. Like, Oh, that's how it works. Oh God. And like, I go to my buddy and I was like, stone face. I was like, I, that's actually pretty normal. I actually, I actually was scrubbed into that procedure just this week. And he looked at me, he's like, really, you put those in. I was like, well, I don't put them in, but I help. And we actually got to meet with the guy with the organizers at a bar. And I had to tell this exact same 
process, I told you guys, to a bar full of like 30, 40 people. <laughs> and like I'm actually drawing. I'm using diagrams because everyone wanted diagrams. So I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, wow. here's, the, here's the PP. Here's the little balls. Okay. Make, yeah. So it was kind of funny that like I had a group of like 40 people enthralled with this penile prosthesis implant. Man. So anyway, in the midst of a pandemic, some old dude wants to get a nut. Okay. I mean, you, you got to applaud him for effort, I guess, though. So. Right, and he's got to do something during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. To be well, well and, and that's the thing. And that's the thing, because we've had this conversation before. It's like, how important is this? And, you know, for some people, like, uh, like having healthy sex lives are pretty important for mental health because, it, you know, it's... You can't argue against that. You know, some people like some people can live without it for long periods of time. Some people can't. And it's like you have to you have to do what you can for that patient. It's kind of the it's kind of the gray area of uh, health care. You know, like like, like the whole thing with like serving people who just continuously use drugs or continuously using alcohol, abusing alcohol. It's like, why should I? spend hours trying to save you when you can't save or protect yourself. And that's, that's such a gray area of healthcare that it's just like, we all know it, but it's like, we, we still have this obligation to do what we can for that patient who just, who can't help themselves. Yeah, no, it's, um, this isn't, you know, the same therapeutic class river, but, um, that was a big debate amongst various health insurances when um, a lot of the oral hepatitis C agents got approved by the FDA, where you could cure, finally basically cure. It was like a 97% cure rate for hepatitis C, and they're, they're, they're pills. They're not these horrible injections that make you feel depressed all the time. Yeah. And the part of the criteria that was debated, and I, I definitely, I don't think now, but at the time was attesting that if you know if you're an active drug user you iv drug user you need to attest that you won't be because it's a reinfection risk mm-hmm. but then you know there's arguments on both sides well then you're discrimin i don't know if discriminate is the the right word but like against those people but at the same time it is a health concern like we really don't want to treat you if you're going to reinfect so it's it's not uh, very gray the hard part about the hard part about something like that is you know like people are addicts you know and you know like even though like they may have the best intentions of not getting back on it you know something that could that could potentially like threaten their lives and stuff like that you know at the end of the day you know like sometimes sometimes the craving for the addiction just wins out and you know like you put you know you don't intentionally put yourself back at that risk but you wind up doing it because it's a it's an it's an addiction habit you know stuff like that you know so yeah, I I understand that. You know, I do feel I do feel sorry for for people that wind up in those situations and things like that. You know, because because uh, addic- cause addiction and like the behavior the behavior pattern behind addiction like that's something you can't really can you can con- for an extent you can control if you become an addict. But once you become an addict, you can't really control that. Like it takes yeah. it takes a lot of work. Well, yeah. and mo- most addicts like they have. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, like, nicotine is addictive or, you know, heroin is addictive. Alcohol is addictive. Like, you know, by its nature, it can be. But there's something that draws those people to seek solace in those addictions. 
Yeah. And that's where a lot of times addictions become misdiagnosed or mistreated because you're not solving the problem of why that person's addicted. You're solving the problem of like, well, just quit the alcohol. You'll be fine after that. Yeah, well, there's sure. an underlying reason behind why that person puts down 18 or 20 of these a night. You know, there's an underlying problem that they need to have solved or fixed. And that's when the addiction starts to fall off a bit because, you know, I mean, that's kind of where we're failing a, a lot of addicts. Yeah, the, the relapse rate is high. And if for some reason you can get them to stop doing one thing, they just might grasp onto some other addiction. It's one thing or another. It could be like gambling or sex or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't expect the conversation to go that deep, but. I mean, we, we, we could talk for circles around the problem, but um, yeah, I mean, I, that's always been kind of like the, the gray, the gray area of healthcare. It's like, well, you still have to help these people. Yeah. yeah. You, you still have to help them. And it, admittedly, even like uh, the, Stephanie, this may segue into your topic that you want to talk about, but during the pandemic, uh, domestic abuse was on the rise. Uh, family abuse was on the rise. Uh, drug use was on the rise. Alcoholism was on the rise. So we saw, I would see a lot of trauma patients in my last place I worked at, like just, you know, not in good shape because of, because of drugs. Like, and, um, even people like one of my friends lost his sister because her rehab clinic shut down because of COVID protocols. Uh And that, that ultimately killed her. It ultimately killed her. And it's, it's, it, it made me upset for him to, for him to tell me that. Like, I was just like upset. I was like, I can't believe that we, 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 we let those things happen. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And when the, when those people that needed help the most, it's like, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. And that's the most frustrating part is that, you know, what happens when you don't help those people? Well, then they die. They die. They die. Okay. And then we said, then we sit and kind of find blame on why, why it failed or maybe it's their fault or maybe it's, it's some other person's fault or whatever. But that doesn't, that doesn't save the fact that that person's not here anymore. That person was trying to do something with their life and they're not here anymore. And the irony is that, especially in the beginning when it was actual lockdown, liquor stores were considered a, an essential business. Essential. It was essential business because it pandered to the alcoholics. That was the problem is that when you relapse on alcohol, it's terrible. It's, it's really bad. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it's it becomes, catastrophic. It's catastrophic to a point. So I think that was that was their intention behind it. It was a stupid intention, but, you know, that's their reasoning. So, I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of people have kind of found found different things to do, you know, because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. I certainly learned something new tonight. Thank you, Stoy. Don't no problems. Stephanie, I I don't recommend you get a penile prosthesis implant. Okay. I I know for sure I'm not getting a penile prosthesis implant. Like I, as much as I, I like am. sex, I, as much as I like sex, I'll find other alternatives to getting my rocks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. So, how's if Corey I doing? I, I haven't <laughs> seen him pop up. Yeah. I'm just you know really trying to like not think about it. Yeah. Kind I mean, of. If I if if I can't use my wang, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, I I'm like I'm like 46 years old. I've had a good run. Yeah, I've got plenty of other hobbies. That's kind of what one thing as a woman, I always wanted to know what it's like to be super turned on, but my hardware doesn't work. Like, I can't, like, does not compute in my brain. Well, I mean, well, uh, 
I always wonder what I always wonder what frigidity is like for women. You know, like women that can't get sexually aroused or sexually aroused to the point where they actually enjoy it. I I wonder about that sometimes. I, Okay, okay, okay. You know what? I'll put myself out there for a second. There have been times when I've I've wound up in the headspace to where like the where like the the body chemistry just won't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in that headspace. Or, you know, uh, you know, every once in a while. Uh, one of the problems I have is like I get into a headspace where I worry about my partner, and then it kind of takes me out of the mode sometimes. And it's like, it's like wow. I feel like you know, like I feel like I feel like they're not getting it, and then all of a sudden I'm no longer getting it because. I started worrying about focusing and worrying about them. And, you know, that's honestly, like, one of the sexiest things you want to have happen to you, honestly. But at the same time, it's like, shit. <laughs> I just lost I just lost the wood. <laughs> yeah. So I also never forget my first, my very first time she cried. <laughs> that, oh, killed, that killed the mood almost instantly because I'm like, what the hell is happening? This isn't how it's supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but first she, time having sex? Yeah, she uh-huh. cried because she um, it, it was like she wanted a relationship, but I didn't. Uh, and, and and we had had this conversation multiple times. It was just a long story. But, um, yeah, it was just, man, it was just awkward. Ooh, the crying. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was. Yeah. Man. I, you know, I don't want to ask. I don't want to ask too many questions because the way you said that is like, hmm. Like, who's the well, jerk? She she was I I probably was honestly, but um because I I've encountered that before in like past relationships where like yeah kind of like to what you said like if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it like you just you know you got to let it go and some people just can't because they start to get in that mode of like well I could do this I could do that I could be this and it's like no I you're not understanding so um I that was one of those issues where like we were still close. And, you know, we always talked about doing it and it just happened one way or another. She called me and says, you know, hey, my, my parents aren't home. And I was like, I hopped in my Volvo and I got there. And yeah, just, you know. Well, you know what? I'm glad you guys are talking about it because I think more women need to understand because I came from a place of ignorance and I thought it was like a switch. Like, hey, why isn't it working? I thought you guys like uh-huh. just like are like that 90% of the time anyway. And I would get super self-conscious to my own fault. I'm growing out of it finally, but I would think like, it's clearly me. It's clearly me and my fault. And I'm not doing it for this guy. No, there, I mean, there's been times where like, there, there have just been times where like, if I was like super depressed about something and like, I mean, I went through a phase. I mean, we talked about a couple episodes ago where I lost someone and then I started like kind of being a real dick about dating women and kind of like not trying to get attached to anybody but still like wanting to like you know do whatever and there were times where like I was so depressed and so down that it just like nothing was working you know even to the point where like the things I was doing to try to make myself happy wasn't working and like that included maybe a one night stand or you know what I mean like it just wasn't working, you know, it's just like, oh, well, this is mm-hmm. awkward, I guess. And then, but I mean, it's just something you kind of move on from, but yeah, it's, uh, some, and then sometimes you just aren't attracted to the person, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just like Stoy said, it's just like, you don't want anything, you know, and, and that's perfectly okay too, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
it, it does happen on both sides because I, I know of it. I mean, uh, I've heard about it and experienced it from the female perspective, kind of like what you said, Stephanie, where there's a, a lot of times there's so much emotion wrapped up in, in sex that it's like sometimes we get so obsessed with our own that we never even stop to consider what the other person's thinking or feeling yeah. or whatever. So like, especially at that time when she started crying, I didn't understand. I didn't know what was going on. Like, I remember I tried to probe her like that entire day because I, t- I took her out to dinner that night. And oh, my God, that was the most awkward dinner of my life. But it was like I tried to understand and talk to her and she just wouldn't she wouldn't open up. Um, we ended up actually circling back. We talked about it a little bit more and she kind of gave me more insight onto what she was feeling at that time. But, you know, we were older and I think we understood more of each other and um, or understood more of the world. But. Yeah, it was, um, I, you know, being open and honest, I guess, about, like, even when you're not feeling it, I think is important. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Man, we got all that deepness out of a... Reconstructing a, at, reconstructing at, a 65-year-old man's penis. Yeah, well, thanks, Tori. Look at that. Hey, no problem. I mean, you know, was, you got to start when somewhere, this, I guess. When did this procedure go down again? When? When did you? How long ago did you do this? I I've done it quite a few times in my career. Mm. So, but uh, like and I, this, I mean, and I, this is the one you absolutely hate. Yeah, this is probably my least favorite one. I've seen I've seen beating hearts. I've seen hearts stopped. I've I've caught uh, buckets of blood. Like oh. literally held a bucket and caught blood. Like I've I've broken limbs. I've seen bombed out. Man, I've seen everything. I've had. Wait, wait. I, you've seen. You've seen what? 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 I, I, I've caught buckets of blood. I've seen. What did I say after that? You said you I, bombed I said, out and then you stopped. B- bombed out bones. Bombed out bones. Okay. Um, it just you know sometimes when people fall, man, they don't just break a leg. They gotta like do like a pirouette spin thing, and like completely shatter their bones into pieces. Ugh. And like, man, it's like, how the hell did you do this? <laughs> Good lord. I was just taking out the garbage. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's the good old ragdoll, red ragdoll physics. Yeah, were you playing Grand Theft Auto at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You know, quickly, I'll tell you my only um, operating room story. Um, I was on rotations at Mass General, um, but I got to like look at and be, see other things, and I got one day in the OR. And I forgot what the procedure was, which is fine. Like, not going to, you know, go into details because you can't. But I just know that it involved using a laser to make incisions in the skin. The bovie? I don't know. But all I know is that the smell of essentially burning flesh made Uh. me want to puke. It is the worst smell I have ever smelled. I would rather... Well, I'm, yeah, just, oh, gosh, just thinking about it makes me want to puke. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you'll get used to it. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I mean, I know you don't want to, but I, eventually you get used to it. I mean, there, there's a lot of smells that you end up getting used to. Some some you can't, like infections. Some infections I can't. Ooh, uh, yeah. okay. Like infections have a smell? Well, because yeah. pus. I guess they do because of pus, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, say, for example, like, a couple weeks ago we did an amputation. We amputated this guy's uh, lower leg. And it was, man, it was bad. And uh, it was like he poked his finger into the ankle and it was just gray shit came out. Oh. And he's like, yeah, that's infection. And it just wafted the room. 
And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If, it, it, do yourself a favor and never, never Google necrotizing fasciitis. Ooh, that's bad. That's a bad. Uh, okay, okay. Fasciitis, that's muscle, right? Uh, it's underneath your skin. That's kind of like a, a layer oh, okay. underneath your skin. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah fascia. That's right. And that's imagine what. And imagine what necrotizing. Uh, dead. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. So don't. I won't. Moving <laughs> on. Who's who's got the next topic for? <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know if I can get over that though. My oh gosh! I can see it. Okay. Anyway. Well, yeah, just, oh, gosh. Um, Boobs, co- right? Go, go to the subreddit iBleach. <laughs> That's always a good one to hit up. No, pass. We look, pass. We look at... <laughs> pass. No, sir. No, sir. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Don't fall for it. <laughs> Hey, if you're brave, if you're brave enough, if you're a brave enough patron out there, patron out there, and you want to let us know what's up with us, hit us up on our Discord. We would yeah. just don't give us graphic details. Just let us know if you've been there. Instant ban if you post pictures. <laughs> yeah, for for real, <laughs> for real. And there's no I mean, getting I mean, out. And, and, there, and there's no getting out of jail. You will you will not get an appeal. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Wow. Gross. Okay. Uh, I, I have no good transition for this. Like, none. I don't. Stephanie played a naughty video game. We could talk about that. Oh, yeah. Briefly. Brief transition. I didn't. I played probably like an hour of it, so it's, I'm not very far in it. It's called Prison Princess. Let me see if I could pull up a little. Uh, it was on sale. Um, this is a follow-up from our first episode talking about naughty video games. So... And on you know on the the image it's just two you know busty princesses. One looks like a girly girl. One looks like an emo chick. So you gotta have both kinds. Listen, oh, wait, the Nintendo the D- Switch is like full of these games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lead two captured princesses to solve puzzles and escape the Demon King's castle. Your actions alone as a hero will decide their fates and your own. A ghostly sliver of your formal self. Can you rescue the princesses? So that in itself does not sound terrible, but just the images, it's just everything that you can kind of imagine of just borderline hentai stuff. So, <laughs> um, like, there's a part where one of the princesses, well, first of all, you like wake up and you're in um, a prison cell with one of them and she just full on gratuitous up view of her skirt um and then you have to help her escape the room and she climbs on this statue of a horse and then it turns on and you could just see everything jiggling and you need to find a way to make it stop (laughs) you're talking me you only played an hour of this game yeah i you know (laughs) surprised you played that long I was, I was curious. I mean, it's it's all, you know, part of it involved, it's, it's, it's you still have to solve puzzles. It's like an escape room type game. And that's kind of actually what's like made me take a pause, pause to it. I'm like, I don't, I thought this was going to be brainless. Like, I really mm. thought this was going to be brainless, but I really want to see how bad. No, boobs are I hard work. Really it's hard work. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, my report on prison princess so stay tuned for additional reports as i progress through this journey where's the let's play of prison princess stephanie 
Where is it? Okay. Where is it? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, that'll be another uh, Patreon exclusive. And that'll be a Patreon exclusive, I think. Bonus content. <laughs> Bonus content. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that wildlife dem- that wildlife game that we talked about in our episode, is technically the demo's free. And I'm still trying to find a place to post that uh, gameplay video. Pornhub you is still being very fickle. still unapproved by Pornhub? No, we're not approved by Pornhub. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> Dear Lord, that's so hypocritical. It's it's funny it really because is. I it's funny because I look at the I look at the crew at EXP cast and I'm like, what's taking them so long to get approved? Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm like, like you guys, you guys have practically every flavor that <laughs> that people can imagine out there on Bornhub. Hmm. Jeez. Okay. I'm actually I'm actually checking right now to see if I can post anything. Nope, not approved yet. That's crazy. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I don't understand. It's because you weren't so... flopping it around while you were recording. You know what I mean? Was I was I was I making too many hand gestures of penises? And they were like, there's we can't no, have that on. There's no porn in platform. this video. We need we need. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not explicit enough. <laughs> maybe yeah. Oh, goodness, I don't know. I have to work a little bit harder. <laughs> so, do you guys still want to maybe chat about? the rona a little bit I'm yeah looking, you know, let's chat sure about some rona. yeah yeah I'm, i yeah like I'm, I'm i'm game for more medical topics yeah okay because like here's the thing the pandemic started or at least came sweeping into the united states and caused the shutdown in march of 2020 it's been a hot topic in politics especially and in the medical community and in the social media dumbass community to the point where I do feel a lot of people have COVID fatigue meaning they're sick and tired of you know no pun intended for all these words of talking about it yet people still talk about it and you know there was a bit of hope in the summer of 2021 but now we're hitting this huge surge um, via Omicron and I'm not sure if there's anything you guys particularly want to hit on, but I do want to talk about it because it's get it's really getting me down, guys. I'm very frustrated. Um, you know, there, I, I don't feel like I can go to the movies very comfortably unless there's only like two other people in there. And Omicron, even though it's not as serious, quote unquote, as the other uh, variants, especially if you're vaccinated, um, it's highly virulent and I don't think enough people talk about it, but statistically, at least one third of people that get COVID, even if they have no symptoms, can have long hauler syndromes. And I don't know why no one else is not afraid. Like, that's what I'm afraid about. I talked to some people, I call them friends, who are and like they refuse to get the vaccine. I'm like, you're part of the problem. But they're like, oh, well, because you barely get sick. I'm like, dude, do you not know what could happen if you're a long hauler? I know a couple people that are long haulers, and it sucks. I'm gonna stop there before I continue ranting. Like I just, <laughs> I, I can't. Here, here's what I can tell you. Like I definitely have COVID fatigue. You know, like I'm one of those people. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm all for science. You know, like so, like when when these studies come out or medical medical authorities say this or whatnot, you know, I stand behind the science and stuff, and I, I just sometimes just want to go fucking vigilante on 
some of these people out here because it's like it's like you're the main ones complaining about the fact that we have to wear a mask, we have to stay in the house, we have to be six feet plus apart from people and stuff like that, and you won't take the first fucking step to get this thing out of our lives, and it 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 just makes me angry. Like um like I was I was telling you guys before we started started the show tonight that um that because of because of how people are set in their ways and stuff like a weekly a weekly business meeting that I have to do we had the option we had the opportunity to say hey we will go virtual this week for it and people were just afraid of technology so they didn't want to do virtual so we wound up being forced to go back to in, to go into an in-person meeting this week you know the first week of January where you know like there's a spike in covid cases here in in in, in my state and so the place that we're supposed to meet at like that place is closed because guess what? They're doing their job and not trying to spread the pandemic and everything, right? So guess so like the so like the Weisenheimers of the, the organizers who decide they wanted to have our meeting and stuff. Like, hey, we're gonna go meet at IHOP. Really, we're gonna go to a restaurant that probably is not having any any restrictions right now on social distancing and stuff. We want to go there, and I'm sitting here having anxiety because like. We're about to be in basically a super spreader event, and guess what? Sure enough, like IHOP was fucking was fucking slammed. <laughs> I'm 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 tired, y'all. <laughs> I I really am. I really am. You know, you know, I haven't like yeah. I've had I've had a couple of close calls. You know, where I've gotten sick, and you know, like have have been negative. You know, whatnot. I had a very bad sinus infection in uh, over the summer that everyone thought I had COVID. And I was like, no, this is sinus infection here. I'm gonna blow my nose, and I'm gonna show you exactly what the mucus looks like, and and you will know it's a sinus infection and stuff like that. But you know, I'm just tired of dodging. I'm just tired of dodging around, around like the whole thing. You know, like um, and you know, the sad part is like. I'm one of those people that, you know, even when they say, hey, you can stop wearing the mask now, like, I have a funny feeling I'm going to wear the masks a little bit longer because, you know, I like not having the flu these past two years. I like that. <laughs> I, I, I like that, you know, like, I had a really mild cold, you know, and one science infection in the past two years, so where, whereas usually, like, over, you know, every year I have at least three colds, you know, and I may catch the flu at the end of the year and stuff like that, you know. But... This is, this is, I, I don't know, like, if, 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 if life and death isn't, like, scaring these people, you know, or, like, getting these people to take the message and stuff like that, you know, I don't know what will, you know, and I'm also tired of, like, you guys won't get fucking vaccinated, but, but you will sure as hell get on social media and, and, you know, like, cry to us about, like, the fact you lost 18 family members this past year, you know, because of a controllable disease. Yeah. You know what, what feels a lot of, not. Well, some, and I, I unfortunately know uh, I'm close to one person who just really gets wrapped up in a lot of conspiracy theories. Now I'm all for and just listening for entertainment, and sometimes some make you wonder, like, hey, did is there government involvement to make money with vaccines? Like, ultimately, we're not going to know, but none of it's founded on actual proof or evidence. And even if that were the case, as a pharmacist, because I know about peer-reviewed articles and I know about clinical trials, like regardless of money, the money makers, like that's beyond me. All I know is that the science is still there. The vaccines are still there to prevent a disease that is real. Whether, mm -hmm. whether or not it was engineered and specifically released intentionally, broke out of a lab or came from bats, like it doesn't matter. The point is we're in it. There is a virus and it 
the virus is real regardless of how it came about and all this this it's just the conspiracy theories drive me fucking nuts i just i can't i just you know one thing that's that's always bothered me though like you know it's like everybody forgot everybody forgot the lessons they learned about communicable diseases in eighth grade biology Everybody forgot this shit, you know, like it's not that hard, it, you know, like if you if you have the common sense to know that using a water fountain, you can catch a cold. You should already know the other basics, you know, like anything can become airborne, you know, anything, you know, anything can be picked up off of contact surfaces and stuff like that. Why are you stop being stupid, stupid? <laughs> yeah. And like we have my i think i mentioned this like last episode or a couple episodes ago i don't know whenever the last time we talked about this uh like i have a cousin who is very anti-vax very anti you know she's uh, i think i mentioned it then too but she probably if she could have afforded it she would have been at that at the january 6th thing at the capitol like she's just she's that kind of person and i'm not afraid to say that about her like everybody in the family feels that way but like she's very Mm -hmm. anti-vax and like right before christmas so this is this is where it gets kind of really it really pisses me off is that so long story short my my other cousin her sister there's five kids in that family uh my one cousin has stage four cervical cancer and this was probably the last christmas we were going to be able to spend together i don't so when this publishes i don't know if she's still alive or not i hope she is i mean we're all we all have hope but like you know i mean things happen and things don't always turn out the way you want them to and you know i'm not mm-hmm. trying to like complain about that or anything I, it that's life we have to go through these hurdles but like it's been like four or five years since we've all been together for Christmas. And this was like our last chance to all be together for Christmas as a family, all the cousins together, just, you know, cause you know, we don't know if she's going to be here next Christmas or not. And not only is she not vaccinated, she went out with somebody who was COVID positive at one point, the week before Christmas, her son tested positive for COVID and had the balls to take her kids to church that weekend. Oh my gosh. Po- COVID positive. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why you're the problem. Yeah. Like what are you doing? This was our last chance as a family to like be together and you totally ruined it. You ruined it. And like don't get me wrong, everybody that was there had a great time and we were all like happy to be together and see each other and stuff, but like when you do something like that and you know, knowingly doing it, knowingly doing it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like she just all she wants is like attention and all eyes on her. And, you know, she's one of those people that goes on Facebook and complains about everything. And I'm the best at this. And, you know, I, you know, whatever. She She's done a lot of shitty things, which I am not afraid to talk about on this podcast, but I'll save it for another time. That's just negligent. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And she was mad that we wouldn't let her come over for Christmas. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, your sister just went through three bouts of chemo therapy. You literally being in the same room could kill her. Mm -hmm. You know, like, don't be that person. We know you're that person all the time. This was not the time to be that person. 
and like you know now like i don't know i mean it's just it's just it just really sucks and like now i mean a totally different story like my my wife's side of the family all has it like all tested positive and they're all vaccinated parents are boosted the kids are old enough to be vaccinated right and they all got they all have it you know and like i've taken three take-home tests this week and like i've been like this really sick this week and to the point where like i think i probably have it even though it says negative because those take-home tests are really bad with the omicron version of this thing and I've been working from home all week. It's the first time I've ever worked from home in my life. But it's like, I'm not going to go risk people at work. Now, granted, everybody at work's working from home this week and probably next week. But, like, this thing's everywhere. And it it's, I don't care if it's, like, not as bad, especially if you're vaccinated. It's still, like, this terrible thing that's going around. And I'm really tired. I'm really sick. LeBron, you mentioned it, too. Like, I'm really sick of this being the third year of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> having to go through this thing where like if everybody would just shut their mouths and stayed home for like a couple weeks to a month when this thing first started it would have been over and like if everybody got vaccinated and just like was careful for a couple weeks it would have been over you know it's just it's ridiculous and you know what Oh, go ahead, Stephanie, because I, sure? I, I will I will I will go on a tear. Like I will. Like <laughs> I always will too. Um well all I was gonna say is um again with the the you know, Omicron and um anyway, uh, I'm talking about the, the, the long haul stuff. Um another reason people need to, to care about this is uh, it still needs to be peer reviewed because I'm really big on actual facts and reliable information. So it's still um, but a recent study is now finding one of the possible long haul effect, long hauler effects is the antibodies that your body produces from the virus post virus has like almost like autoimmune properties, meaning these antibodies also have the ability to attack your own cells, which yeah. will lead to earlier signs of arthritis or something like that. So like I'm looking at all these people that won't get vaccinated or don't give a shit. And I'm like, well, you, you don't know, like in maybe five, 10 years, every single joint in your body is going to fucking kill. What are you going to, what are you going to think then? And I know a lot of the excuses from the anti-vaxxers are, well, it clearly doesn't work. People are getting infected with the vaccine. And I'm like, again, it's not foolproof. It might still protect some, or if you do get infected, the viral load will be lower. So like, just because <laughs> I'll stop. Yeah, here's where, on, your here's, turn, your turn. here's where I get here's where I get those people. You know, if it's a vaccine, that means you can still contract it, but it means that you have better protection and better safeguards against the dangerous effects of it. If it's an inoculation, that means you will never catch it, no matter how much you comes into contact with it. And people don't understand that. You know, like it's it's. A vaccine, a vaccine just means that you have least uh, less of a likelihood of cat of catching it and and suffering from it. Yeah. And, and, and story, I know that you you work in the medical field and you're going to nursing school, so I don't know if you kind of feel this way. I mean, even you, Corey and Laurent, because you guys like have that like well well deep seated edu- you know educated minds. But it one of my pet peeves as a pharmacist. I went to school for six years to get my PharmD. 
are people who are not in the medical field that go on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and they act like they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're a doctor, nurse, PA, medical, medical assistant, any, like, don't act like you fucking know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now the one thing, the one thing I will agree on is like, you know, you know, like you can do whatever you want as long as the the decisions you made are informed decisions, you know, right. you know, if you, if you feel, if you feel for what, if, if you've been informed that, that any of these, uh, any of these vaccinations for COVID, you know, if you've been informed by a professional, any of these vaccinations for COVID could put you at risk. You've made the informed decision right there to not take it, you know, but an informed decision isn't like, you know, like for the stupid ass shit, like we heard Nicki Minaj saying that her cousin's ball swelled up four times the size of, you know, like, uh, you know, like the normal, the normal, the norm uh, after he got the vaccine. That's not informed. No, that, that makes that, that sound honestly, it sounds like he already had an STD <laughs> when this shit happened, you know. Yeah, could have been a coincidence with timing. There's- yeah. Well, yeah, when people complain about getting sick off the vaccine, it's like it's showing that it works. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the problem I always have, it, and generally I ignore the people that think they know of it all, because admittedly I don't know it all, and none of you guys know it all. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are much smarter than us that know more about how to disseminate through all this data and all these findings and everything like that. Um, I do have a problem with, and Stephanie, I don't know if you could speak to this, is some of the peer-reviewed data that has come out lately has been a little bit like, that's what we call peer-reviewed now, is looking at a fu- looking at a few questionnaires and thinking this is peer-reviewed. Like, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of more like practical, um, practical science and measuring techniques as opposed to just having people filling out a questionnaire and then trying to correlate the data. Um, so, but that, but that's a whole other point altogether. The I forget where I was going with this, but um, I tend to I, I tend to ignore those people because they they don't see it, and the problem is that they don't want to list they want don't want to look for the answers, because the, the the way I look at people sometimes is people are more emotionally feeling driven as opposed to rational. So when they see a virus going out, they think to themselves, not in my lifetime, not in this world that we live in. We can't be subjected to this deadly virus. That's crazy. Nothing about this makes sense in my own world. So it doesn't feel right to them to have to kind of take precautions when they go outside or to try to not take their loved ones to church, you know, because especially if they feel sick. Well, I don't feel sick, but you still have it like they don't feel like it's, you know a bother. So they don't feel like it makes sense to them. They don't think people most of the time don't think rationally. And that's kind of always been the problem that I've had lately of people is like, you know, the answers are out there, but you don't want to look for them. You don't want to do the research. We, we had a discussion with a nurse at uh, work one time who argued about the vaccine, who said, well, they're not collecting data on the vaccine um, side effects. And in the matter of two minutes, another nurse in the room pulled up the data on the CDC website and said, here it is right here. Here it is right here, look at it. So she grabs the phone, she looks at it and she's like, all right, you're right, that's where it is. And she 
you know, obviously rationally said, okay, I, I'm wrong. I can change my mind. Being wrong about something doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. It's mm-hmm. just you have to find the answers. But nine times out of ten, most people aren't going to find yeah. the answers. They're going to want to go to those groups, go to those people that are going to validate their own feelings, their own answers. Confirmation of, bias. Yeah, confirmation bias. That's yeah. exactly where I was going to go because – you know, it's so prevalent in that nowadays, if you have some crackpot theory or some crackpot idea, you can find a Facebook group, you can find a Reddit group or a subreddit or something like that that's going to validate and make your point even stronger. And those are the people that you can't argue with. And that's why I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. Because I am friends with a lot of people like this. I have family members that are like this. And I don't. I don't engage with it. I don't talk about it because it's not worth my time. It's not worth my time. And if they're going to put themselves at risk and their loved ones at risk, that's not my problem. That is their problem. It could be heartless on my part, especially me working in healthcare and seeing COVID patients operating on COVID patients and seeing people die. Like it's not worth it for me to go off on them about it. Yeah. And you know what, Stoy? I don't think it's heartless. I think if we want to circle back to kind of feeling the burnout, uh, COVID burnout and it going on on three years, it's at a point where we kind of need to take care of ourselves mentally. And if you put, if you invest your, all your emotion and energy into telling people off and being constantly concerned about trying to change these people's minds about their conspiracy theories, you're just going to burn out yourself. I think you're not going to, you're not going to, because like we said, they're going to retreat back to their safe spaces, back to their people and confirm their bias even more to go after it instead of having a decent dialogue of saying, Hey, convince me I'm wrong. If you can provide evidence to convince me I'm wrong, I'm more than happy to hear it. You know, no one's like that. So that's kind of how I've been dealing with my COVID fatigue is I've given up a long time ago to try and do any convincing. I scroll past anything that people step on a pedestal or not pedestal soapbox about soapbox, and i just yeah. i honestly ignore it and you know it sounds like i i don't know how to say like yeah it sounds like it sounds like you're being insensitive but you basically turned it off yeah and i just got to do what i got to do to keep yeah. myself and my family safe you know i mean that's fair though right i mean the the whole thing is like you just want to keep people safe and when people are, you know, being irresponsible on purpose, it just like it angers you because all you want to do is keep like if something ever happened to my wife or my kids because somebody was being irresponsible, I, I, I mean, I would do what any parent would. I'd be so I'd be pissed off. I'd go after that. Per- I'm like, come on. Like I, I it's in it's a shot in the arm. You know, it's not it's not like somebody's asking you to remove a body part. It's not like somebody's asking you to, like, you know, give up your firstborn child or anything. It's just a shot, a free shot that mm-hmm. you get. You oh, your biggest inconvenience. You have to drive to the local Walgreens so some person can stick you in the arm twice. Right. I, Oh, but you don't know what's in the vaccine, says the people that eat hot dogs and 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 food uh, with whoa, whoa, colored whoa, whoa, dye whoa, whoa, whoa. in it. I enjoy a good hot dog. Okay. No, I'm just saying, like the people, like oh, we don't know what's in a vaccine. It could be no, bad no. for you, but people will eat processed foods mm-hmm. and 
drink alcohol, do drugs. I'm like, okay. I mean, like, but, but the, and that's the problem where I get to is that they don't know. They don't want to look it up. All you got to do is go on the internet, type in Pfizer vaccine ingredients, Moderna vaccine ingredients, J and J type in ingredients. They're all there. They're all there. There's so much data. And like, even like people saying like, how could it have been done this fast? We're talking 20 years of development for this particular vaccine has already been done well before this COVID-19 even hit the United States. So that's where, you know, it's the, the answers are out there, but you don't want to look it up because it doesn't make you feel right. Or it doesn't confirm what you've been saying this whole time. And these people are afraid to be wrong. These people are afraid to admit defeat to say I was wrong. Right. Or they'll come up with an excuse being like, well, they're lying. They're clearly. lying. Yeah, exactly. They're lying or it's false news or whatever. Fake but. news. Fake news. Yeah. How are you guys going to you know, try and cope with year three? I, I, I'm going to have... I'm going to temper my expectations, but I do have a little bit of hope, a little bit of glimmer of hope for 2022. Not saying it's going to magically go away. Um, I'm thinking it's going to trend more to being endemic, uh, but you know yeah. I, well, we kicked the Spanish flu in three years, mm. and that sure. was without a yeah. vaccine. Yeah. And the, and the Spanish flu was a lot more uh, virulent. You know, the only thing, the the main thing I take, the main thing I take solace in is the fact that that. COVID is now a, pan, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I, I, I take solace in that because, you know. 100%. Like, uh, Actually, yeah, more because, like 90%. Because, yeah. Because uh, I think, like, the hospitalization rate is, like, 85 to 15. 85 unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's, there's only so much um, that I can, that I can do, you know, like I will try my best to keep myself protected, my family, my friends, my loved ones, uh, you know, from being infected and stuff like that, you know, but it, at the end of the day, you know, like if people, if, it, it, you know, it's, it's your life, do what you want to do with it, you know, and things like that, you know, like just know, and, and, and here's the sad part, you know, the scary thing about it is like, you know, like you get COVID, you recover from it. They don't know what the long-term ramifications are, you know, on your organs and your and your body system, you know, are, you know, and this is and this is at worst if you if you if you catch it, you're not vaccinated and your body gets ravaged from it, you know, and things like that, you know, like, like, um, like I just saw in the news, I I want to say it was World News Tonight, like they were talking to some people that had that were a year one infectee from COVID. And how their lives have changed, and it is it is horrifying, like how their lives have changed, you know. And when I say their lives have changed, I'm not talking about like the fact that they may have lost somebody in their life, you know, but what has happened to their bodies, like you know, like like you know, like chronic like chronic issues, things like that, and stuff like that did not have to happen. Yeah, um, I actually have a very close friend. He's like my best friend. He caught COVID because he just works a job that uh, involves people commuting, so he sees a lot of people got covid um covid itself wasn't too bad now he's out of work he's on disability because he has these horrible heart palpitations really bad vertigo um just constantly dizzy and he never had that no like con health condition pertaining to that um prior to covid and he's like in some covid studies in the boston hospital systems because they're trying to see how long he has to put up with that we don't know if it'll be lifelong but he's like, he can't even work out. Like his body gets overly fatigued with the mildest of exercises. Mm -hmm. Like his whole lifestyle changed. That's a yep. shame. 
And like, I didn't, I totally forgot until you just said that, Stephanie. Someone that like I used to podcast with a long time ago, you know, a few times. Like, uh, I mean, you guys might have heard of him. I don't know if you, uh, Bobby Paul's the Nintendo guru. Like, he passed away he, with complications from COVID. He was in the hospital Gosh. for months. Yeah. And wow. Like, he he like his YouTube channel totally blew up in like 2018 or 2019, and you know and in 2020 he passed away and i didn't know him quite as well as a lot of my friends did like i I mean i've only i really only talked to him a a few times we've been on podcasts together or anything but like he he was an important part of like what i guess we used to call like the indie podcast space where like secret friends unite and the podcast group i used to be part of and you know uh, uh, warp whistle which is you know that kind of got absorbed into secret friends and uh phoenix overdrive there's just like all the, this group of small group of people who would always kind of like collaborate with each other and he was a big part of that and he built such a huge community and huge following and he like he passed away from complications from covid before the like before we were able to get vaccines and stuff and it was it impacted so many people to the point where like outlet like major outlets were writing about his death like there's the big article on nintendo life about him Mm. and you know his impact on people and i know a lot of people that i still talk to today i still think about him all the time and it's like man this this has affected so many people in so many different ways that you know yeah we're tired of talking about it but we're tired of talking about it because it's affecting people in in real ways yeah but it's still nice to talk about it because there's that other dark side of the pandemic is not just the infection itself, but mental health has taken a toll on just about everybody. And mm-hmm. We're, mm-hmm. we're especially kids, too. Like it's I mean, that's a whole maybe a whole nother topic for another day, because I feel like that could go on forever. But people mentally just it's not natural for us to be cooped up all the time. It's not natural for us to, for example, always wear a face covering and not see facial expressions, but obviously it's necessary. I'm just saying like, it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to make sure we all do our best to kind of continue to seek therapy or start therapy or find hobbies to help cope with it. Could be video games, could be anything. Like I, during the 2020 lockdown, I started gardening, which I never probably would have wanted to do or it did well before but it was so therapeutic because it was outdoors fresh air meditative i don't know where i would have done would have done without it plus my therapist but yeah it's it's wild out there man everybody be careful please i mean be responsible you know right and it just be responsible you know i i, I don't know just bothers me (laughs) yeah be responsible um science uh facts and be (laughs) open-minded i I, like seems like basic stuff but i would say i I would say i would say if you're unsure google this stuff but you know what people don't even google correctly because like they they take the first thing they see at face value and they don't you know it's just like it's just like how'd you how'd you pass your how'd you pass classes going uh, you know when you were in school you did the research you know and not and and you didn't just pick up the first thing because like your teachers are called bullshit on you if you pick if you pick up the first thing and you just regurgitate that shit you know like 
the same stuff that we did for 12 years of schooling. Well, 13 years of schooling, you know, like that shit still happens. That shit still works in this day and age and stuff like that. Like it's your, it's your, it's your, it's your life. It's your, it's your health. It's your, your family and stuff like that. You got to care about something. Just, I guarantee you, I guarantee you if people's dogs and cats were getting, were, were dying of COVID, people would be taking more action. Yeah. I think that was one of the first news stories to come out to say dogs can't catch COVID. And every dog <laughs> mom was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. I'm, I'm going to tell you, though, that there is, you know, there is a lot of good news in this whole thing. Um, it's hard to see the silver lining of all this. But especially since sometimes it, it hits close to home to all of us. But there is a lot of good news in in things of you know, uh, vaccination rates have actually, I've obviously skyrocketed. I think, uh, 73% of the U S population is actually vaccinated mm-hmm. and that's uh, a great number from like six months ago where it was like, yeah. I think sitting at like 50 and, um, deaths have been, even though numbers have spiked deaths have not deaths have actually maintained a steady course. Yeah. It's not, it's not to say it's good because any death, one death is bad, but, um, the fact that even though rates have skyrocketed in not only hospitalizations but in uh, infections, um, most symptoms have been mild and deaths have basically stayed stagnant. So um, there's tons of research, too, um, going on about treatment. Uh, I think covalescent plasma has actually helped a lot in recent years or in recent in this recent year with uh, treatment. And I think there's that other like oral pill that they're still trying yep. to get FDA approval on. Yeah, they just uh, put place the EUA on that emergency yeah. use authorization. So, I mean, there's, like I said, I mean, you know, we could all sit here and be doom and gloom about it. And like I said, COVID-19 ain't going anywhere for a long time. We're going to see multiple variants across all, all boards. So it's just a matter of, you know, kind of learning to live with it now. And that's, and that's why there's, you got a lot of people crying at the government to say, do something. And it's like, there's nothing that can be done at this point, you know, and there was no way to stop this period. There was no way to stop it. Yeah. It was going to hit her. Once this came out, a lot of people denied that it was going to come to our shores, but oh, it was coming and, and it was going to, and that's the dumbest shit. That's the dumbest <laughs> shit. Who, who? Who in their right mind thinks that thinks that a disease is going to be like part one? It, it just isolated in one part of the world. There's, there's well, no. Uh, admittedly, it does. Like I don't know if you remember the Ebola scare in the early 2000s. That was a well, real I mean, thing that a lot yeah, of people was... thought was going to happen, and it, thankfully it stayed mostly in Africa. But Ebola yeah, is, less, is obviously less transmissible than um, yeah. the uh, one of the other recent coronavirus, uh, the bird flu. That stayed entirely in China. Wait, is it? Wait, is um, is Ebola a um a, a, no, a novel a novel virus? Yeah, it's a novel virus, so it's a, okay. it's a bloodborne disease. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the bird flu had stayed, I think, mostly entirely in China, and that was a coronavirus. And um, I think the swine flu hit the United States, but it wasn't as transmissible. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we, we've had a lot of different like little little tiny you know pandemics and stuff that you know disease spreads but they've they've been quelled pretty quickly so it's just a matter of this is what we're just gonna have to live with we're gonna have to live with this probability that we're not invincible 
we're subject to this kind of shit and it's going to be staying with us for a while and we need to kind of people need to kind of understand what needs to be done um yeah. i'm not confident in humanity that they a lot of people can do that but you know it is what it is i have a very negative uh negative viewpoint on a lot of this on people in general and i think it's only been compounded over recent over the recent two years so you're not yeah. you're not alone hence, hence why i don't talk about it because i hate talking about it um, I'm, you're not alone. I mean, growing up, I was the I, an idealist and optimist, and I, I don't think I could have a lower opinion of humanity at this time. But you know, but I still have those silver linings once in a while. You know, so I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. It's there are some benefits to that, and even though people, you know, poo-poo on um, scientists not knowing anything, but we're still gathering data, and we're an impatient society. It's going to take time for us to to gather reliable data and study it. And then, you know, we will eventually use it to our advantage when we have enough information. So I'm going to tell you the one place I always go to, and I've told this to a lot of people, especially in the beginning, I've always been a fan of John Hopkins university and uh, I've, I've read their stuff for years and they've been a really good go-to source for a lot of me finding out what's, what's going on with studies. CDC does a good job of like reporting data but they don't report. I mean, you know, they have studies every now and then. But I think if you go to like any like university website, especially John Hopkins, which I think is kind of paving the way in the in the United States, I think they they do a lot of good practical studies and do a lot of good research. So mm -hmm. that's a really good source. I've told a lot of people to go there. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, well, just like. Just like my fatigue for COVID, <laughs> I have fatigue for this conversation now. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been a fun show, but uh, as always, it's time to wrap up. So this has been Boss Rush After Dark, the alternative podcast of the flagship show for Boss Rush Network. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, thanks again to all of our patrons out there. We appreciate you. Without you, this would not be possible. So keep that light on for us. And uh, before we head out, here's how you can connect with the members of our panel tonight. Uh, Stoy, guest of honor, you're up first. Well, you can follow me on the EXP cast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EXP cast. I'm also on Arsenal X, and you can follow me on my personal Twitter and Instagram at Stoy, M-K-E-8. All right, Stephanie. So I'm putting Stoy, M-K-E-8, because I want to look at the motorcycles. Yeah, I got um, motorcycles on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No motorcycle pictures, though. At uh, Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V as in Victor underscore author. You can also find my articles on busrush.net. Corey. You can find me at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast and Arsenal X every week. Right. And as always, you can find me on social media, uh, Twitch, YouTube, and various gaming gaming platforms at X's 803, EXODUS803. Uh, also, I am one of the I am also one of the members of Crossroads PlayStation Podcast, which can be seen to Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash X's 803 uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. All right. Come back 
and join us for our next installment of Boss Rush After Dark, where we'll be back with more topics that aren't completely content appropriate for our other anchor shows out there in the Boss Rush Network. We love you guys. We can't do this without you. Thanks. Have a good night. Good night. Goodbye.